On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the new Model 3 test fleet might be a bit further along version of the car than we thought. Elon Musk plans to implement the suggestion of a fifth grade Tesla enthusiast. Find out where Tesla ranks in its first time on the Consumer Reports Top 10 Auto Brands list and more. everybody, Ryan McCaffrey here with Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. It's episode 83 for March 5th, 2017. Uh, I am in a especially cheery mood today because I got some great news on Maggie the Boxer. Uh, as many of you know, her <laughs> ongoing health issues, but uh, one of the underlying ones for the last few years has been Maggie's heart condition. She has a condition called Boxer Cardiomyopathy which is a sort of heart arrhythmia, basically, that's I was lucky enough to catch relatively early, and it's been medicated and treated with a cardiologist. Well, every uh, year, she gets a 24-hour heart monitor strapped to her so they can check for couplets and arrhythmias and uh, just, just warning signs that the heart's not doing well. So we just did that this past week, and uh, I, I just wanted to share the... An excerpt of, of the cardiologist's email verbatim, because it was just so, such good news. Uh, pretty much the best possible news other, one, other than, hey, Ryan, she's magically cured and doesn't have a heart condition anymore. That will obviously never happen, but uh, the EKG went well, the ultrasound went well, and here is uh, the cardiologist saying, it is hard to get, he emailed me the results, it's hard to get better than this. She only had 10 premature ventricular complexes over the whole 24 hours. That is nothing and would be considered normal for any dog. All the complexes were isolated with no couplets or runs. This suggests that our current medications are controlling things well, and we should leave both the, uh, her medicines as is, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that was just so great to hear that. And uh, she's, yeah, she's just laying on the floor here next to me. So that's, that's one less thing to worry about, at least for the time being. You know, I'll continue to stay on top of it. But uh, And then, as I think I mentioned a show or two back, she hadn't been eating either since her dental surgeries. But after consulting with the cardiologist and finding out that there's definitely no underlying cardiological cause of that, talked to the dentist as well at the same time, it was determined that uh, there's probably nothing bad going on in there. No sort of nothing internal, nothing... Uh, and her mouth looks good, so just seems to be like an oral discomfort. You know, not a pain, but just a, hey, I don't have a lot of teeth anymore, and that's weird. So, mixing in wet food now with her kibble, and she just wolfs that right down every single time. Sure, it's costing me a bit, well, a lot more <laughs> food per month, but she's eating again and doing well. So, I uh, just wanted to share that because so many of you have been so kind to, uh, to send your well wishes and support for MTB. Uh, so thank you all. So just, just got to work on that leg now, that, that bum right rear leg that, uh, that has the nerve damage. We're doing the strengthening and stimulation with rehab, so long live Maggie the Boxer. And with that, we move to Tesla news. I actually wanted to start with a call from the Ride the Lightning hotline. Jim in Santa Clara has some nice words, but also I wanted to start with this because he has a, a clarification I wanted to, uh, to straighten something out that I, that I was a bit mixed up on. So here's Jim to clarify and straighten me out 
on the federal tax credit. It is a confusing situation. I misinterpreted. Uh, Jim, take it away. Hi, Ryan. This is Jim from Santa Clara. I'd like to congratulate you on another excellent program this week and also congratulate you on being one week closer to Tesla ownership. There's one clarification I'd like to mention regarding electric vehicle tax credits in response to this segment in episode 82, about 39 minutes in. You stated that there would be two full quarters of a $7,500 full tax credit after reaching the 200,000 car limit. Unfortunately, I do not believe that is the case. The IRS states that the vehicle credit phases out over the one-year period beginning with the second calendar quarter after the calendar quarter in which at least 200,000 qualifying vehicles have been sold and the qualifying vehicles are eligible for 50% of the credit in the first two quarters and 25% of the credit in the third and fourth quarters of the phase-out. So we'd only have the first quarter of 2018 100% covered from your example. My question to you is, how do you think this will impact the purchasing decisions of current Model 3 reservation holders? Thank you, and I wish you happy electric motoring. So yes, Jim, my apologies. You are correct. I went and double-checked the IRS website itself this time, and I simply misinterpreted it. Uh, it in, in my head, I was thinking that if, they, if Tesla timed it so that the 200,000th vehicle they produced rolled off the line on the first day of a quarter, they'd effectively get two quarters, which is true. They could do that, and hopefully they will. But to be clear, as you said, it's officially the full credit for one quarter after they hit 200,000, and then it's 50% of the credit for two quarters, and then 25% of the credit for two quarters after that. So hopefully Tesla's gonna line it up so that they can maximize the credits for as many, uh, well, not just Model 3, just as many customers, period, as possible. All right, on with this week's Tesla news. It's kind of a quiet week, but a few interesting things here. And then we've got actually, uh, to your credit, everybody out there, I put out the call for calls, and you answered by calling. <laughs> I've got a bunch of just, again, fantastic calls, just some good conversation pieces and ideas and topics in the Ride the Lightning hotline, so I hope you'll stick around for that. But yes, first up this week, if you remember last week, Tesla, we covered this a couple weeks ago, but then it was last week that Tesla shut down the production line for maintenance, I guess a week and a half ago or so, depending when you're listening to this, but you know, Tesla had uh, quote-unquote paused the production line in Fremont for maintenance and more importantly, to retool for Model 3 uh, and to start building a Model 3 test fleet. Well, a small but important note on that, those cars are indeed beta prototypes now. Uh, this is the, uh, officially. So this comes from an updated SEC filing tied to stock bonuses that are part of Elon Musk's deal as the CEO of Tesla. He gets stock bonuses as Tesla hits milestones, uh, and some of those milestones are tied to the Model 3. So this comes via Electrek, and the part of the filing says, we expect that the next performance milestone to be achieved will be the successful completion of the Model 3 beta prototype, which would be achieved upon the determination by our board of directors that an eligible prototype has been completed. Candidates for such prototype are among the vehicles that we are currently building as part of our ongoing testing of our Model 3 vehicle design, design pardon me, and manufacturing processes, end quote. 
So uh, I want to say, uh, I went back a hat tip. Unfortunately, it was an anonymous caller in the Ride the Lightning hotline. He didn't leave his name, but back on episode 81, a couple shows ago, had called in and uh, broke it down with with sort of some software expertise from his background, and and had he had suggested he thought that these cars were indeed betas. Well, he's right. So hat tip to you, sir. But yes, so these are betas. Uh, the next step now in this is to start getting some public sightings. If there's going to be, you know, potentially a dozen, dozens, maybe even up to a hundred or so of these vehicles that are that are going to get built, they're going to get run around. You know, the the Alphas have been spotted uh, a little bit in L.A. There have been sightings in L.A. and San Francisco. So if there are potentially dozens of beta prototypes running around, hopefully we're going to get to see them. Uh, especially, again, here in the Bay Area, obviously the factory is here. So if you live in, or, well, so you, I would say uh, if you're in, in or near Fremont, where the factory is, keep your smartphone camera ready at all times when you're out and about. If you're in Palo Alto, keep your smartphone camera ready and, and, and accessible at all times, because, of course, the Tesla headquarters is hiding over there and. Uh, on Deer Creek Boulevard, and and uh, there have been there were plenty of Model X beta sightings over in that direction too. And for me, living and working in San Francisco itself, I'm going to do the same, keeping my smartphone camera handy and at the ready. Because again, with Model X, the betas were spotted running around right here in the city. So we are moving forward. This is getting closer. I can't wait to... I, I wonder when I'm going to see one in the wild for the first time, how long it's going to take. I mean, I've been so lucky to see one in person at the March 31st reveal event last year. But uh, seeing it, that was uh, under cover of night. I haven't seen it in daylight yet. It's going to be cool to check out the car uh, once it's running around in, uh, in, well, either beta or final form. Just depends on, on when I get to spot one. Next up this week... We've all seen how Elon does reply on Twitter to people's complaints, their suggestions, their questions on Twitter. He's been kind enough to respond to me a couple of times. Well, Elon was at it again this week with a uh, response to a fifth grader's letter, which her dad posted on his Twitter to try and get Elon's attention, and they had physically mailed him the letter too, so hopefully it found him there. But Elon chose to respond on Twitter... Uh, But this is an excerpt from this fifth grade girl's letter. It says, I have noticed that you do not advertise, but many people make homemade commercials for Tesla, and some of them are very good. They look professional, and they are entertaining. So, I think that you should run a competition on who can make the best homemade Tesla commercial, and the winners will get their commercial aired. Well, Elon chose to respond to this. He took to Twitter and said, Thank you for the lovely letter. That sounds like a great idea. We'll do it. So uh, that's cool. So uh, if you if you haven't seen any of them, just give them a search on YouTube. There are some really good homemade, fan-made, uh, you know, customer-made Tesla commercials out there. So if you are a filmmaker yourself or an aspiring one or just someone who has a vision for a Tesla commercial and the, the, the will to execute it however, however possible, here's your chance to start working on your idea uh, you know, get it worked out in your head and, and plan it, plan it out to try and make it happen. Because if I had to guess, 
I would suspect that airing it won't be the only prize because I doubt Tesla will pay for television airtime, even with a fan-made commercial. By airing it, that probably means it's going to go on Tesla's website and their social media channels, which I guess is pretty much the same as airing it on television these days as far as the reach goes. But there's a very decent chance, based on Tesla's history with these sorts of things, they could give away some cool prizes, potentially even a car. There, I, I, you know, I don't know anything. I, this is purely me speculating, but I, I think there's a decent chance they might give away a car with this. So uh, I actually was immediately struck with an idea of, well, I've, I, if there's a car up for grabs, I've got to take a shot at it. So uh, actually, I made a Google Doc and I started sketching out my own idea. Uh, last night when I was, after I read this and I was preparing the show. So uh, if, if, if I end up trying to make it, or if, if I end up making it, I should say, I'll be sure to post it on YouTube and play you the audio when it's done. And, and if it ends up being any sort of popular vote, I'm sure I'll be humbly requesting your support. But, but for now, yeah, if, uh, just, you know, start thinking, get those, get those brain juices going. And who knows, maybe there will be potentially uh, some really good prizes up for grabs if, if and when Tesla implements this, as Elon says he will. Next. So now that Tesla has more than one model in the marketplace, it has become eligible for Consumer Reports' annual auto brand rankings. So I'll give you a guess. Where do you think Tesla ranked uh, in its first year? You're probably thinking number one. That would have been my first guess. It was not number one. In fact, no American automaker made the top seven. But Tesla was the number one American brand, ranked eighth in the list of Consumer Reports' top brands. Here's a quote from Jake Fisher of Consumer Reports. He's their director of automotive testing. This quote comes via CNBC, and Jake says, In terms of the domestic brands, the reliability hasn't been consistent. He's speaking of everybody now, not just Tesla. Some of the domestic brands are saddled with some legacy products that really aren't as good as the contemporary vehicles. Uh, Buick was the only other American automaker to crack the top 10, and it did so at number 10. So the rest of the top 10, Audi at number one, Porsche at number two, BMW number three, Lexus number four, Subaru, which is uh, I know very well liked here in the Bay Area. They're very versatile vehicles at number five. Number six, Kia. That's probably the one that surprises me the most. You know, you, you don't hear, at least I feel like, I don't hear a lot about Kia. Sure, I see plenty of them around. They actually do have an electric vehicle, the Soul. Uh, the Soul, I guess it's the Soul E, is, uh, I think, because the, there is a gas-powered version of it. But, yeah, you don't, I feel like, uh, at least, you know, maybe I'm speaking out of, out of turn here, but I feel like you just don't hear much about Kia. Either you don't hear people talking about it, but they're out there, and they, uh, they're apparently, they've built themselves up into a very rock-solid brand here, making, you know, making the list at number six. Mazda at number seven, which is, of course, Tesla designer Franz von Holzhausen's former company. Tesla at number eight. Honda at number nine. Tesla ahead of Honda. Remember, you know, in what was it, the kind of the 90s, Honda was like the bulletproof, like the number one, you know, the Civic, or Accord, rather. Accord was the biggest seller and the reliability. So 
Honda at nine, and Buick, as I said, at number 10. So for Tesla, I expect their ranking to climb in 2017, even if Model 3 completely misses 2017, which obviously we don't want that to happen. But as far as this brand report, these brand rankings go, just because uh, I think their ranking will go up because Model X reliability will will be is improved and will continue to improve, uh, you know, with with the 2017 build cars, and Model S continues to get better as well. You know, we, we talked uh, was it a week or two ago? I guess it was two weeks ago because last week was the earnings call stuff about uh, the the about Model S implementing a a quick crash test correction to to fix its perfect crash test rating that they'd already made the, the change in the production line. So stuff like that. So uh, again, I, I think Tesla will improve. And, and as long as nothing goes terribly wrong on the early Model 3s, I think, again, we can reasonably expect Tesla to move even further up the list in 2018 as Model 3 hits the market with full force and, just, and starts creating, hopefully, a whole army of happy new Tesla owners like me and like a lot of you. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. But the uh, the company doing very, very well, certainly especially relative to other American automakers in their first time on Consumer Reports' annual auto brand rankings. Finally this week, before we get to the excellent calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline, a local note for San Francisco uh, I know there are not all of you live here, but there are plenty of Bay Area listeners to this show. So just quickly, I thought it was worth noting San Francisco is now requiring all new buildings and parking structures to be 100% electric vehicle ready, which is great news. Here's a statement from San Francisco Mayor Ed Lee. He says, this 100% EV ready ordinance requires all new residential and commercial buildings to configure 10% of parking spaces to be quote unquote turnkey ready for EV charger installation and an additional 10% to be EV flexible for potential charging and upgrades. The remaining 80% of parking spaces will be EV capable by ensuring conduit is run in the hardest to reach areas of a parking garage to avoid future cost barriers. Uh, And then he adds, San Francisco is working towards smart long-term investments and policies that reduce pollution and make sense economically. We're committed to continuing our leadership on fighting climate change by improving access to electric charging citywide. San Francisco is accelerating our transition to a clean energy transportation future. Does that last line sound familiar? Uh, It should be music to Elon Musk's ears because, of course, as all of you know, because I parrot it on a near weekly basis, it's almost exactly Tesla's mission statement. So great job by San Francisco officials to make this happen. And I have no doubt that many other cities will follow suit if they're not already doing EV friendly things like this. So again, a fairly quiet Tesla news week, but some interesting stories nevertheless. Never, It's never a dull week with Tesla. Let's come right back, and I've got again a nice stack of outstanding, thought-provoking, discussion-provoking calls for you from you guys in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this.
Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, where we hear from you guys uh, via the toll-free number or, of course, emailing your recorded questions in. You can uh, send those if you want to record them into your phone, your voice memo software, and email them to teslapodcast at gmail.com. You can also call in. The toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-8752, or TSLA, if that helps you remember it a little more easily. So... Uh, if you know someone special, of course, with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. If you're curious, visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Our first call this week comes from Michael in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, who has a, a little bit of a, of a scoop. I don't think anybody's picked up on this, but Michael sure has, and I appreciate him calling in with it. Michael, talk to us about the arachnid wheels for Model S. Hi, Ryan. This is Michael from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I was recently browsing the Model S shop on the Tesla website to get a third row floor mat. My kids are a little bit messy back there uh, for my Model S. And I noticed that the last item in the list is the arachnid wheels uh, with a indicator of coming soon. I don't know if anyone has noticed this, but it looks like they're going to make the arachnid wheels available for purchase relatively soon, I guess, so everyone can uh, equip their P100Ds with uh, the uh, specs necessary to do the under 2.3 seconds. Zero to 60. Great find, Michael. Yes, you are right on the money. They'd always been listed as unavailable. They've been on Tesla's website forever, but they've never said coming soon. So that that coming soon is definitely new, definitely a good sign. I went and took a look at it myself to make sure, (laughs) not that I didn't think you were... Not that I didn't think you were being accurate, but sure enough, it is right there. Uh, I also agree with you, by the way, that these are going to be aimed at the P100D owning super enthusiasts who want every last tenth of a second uh, off of their zero to 60 time. Because remember, Tesla has already said, even though these haven't been out, but they have told us that the arachnid wheels are lighter than the turbines. I mean, plus two, Tesla had to make them for the referral prize winners over, what, a a few quarters ago at this point. So it probably made sense to just go ahead and make some more sets to sell while they're at it, while they're they're cranking some out. I mean, it kind of stinks a little bit for any referral owners who might have wanted to sell them for a a potentially sizable profit, but uh, it's obviously that, that only affects a very small handful of people, relatively speaking. It's, uh, it's very good news overall because now, uh, or at least fairly soon, hopefully, they're going to be available to any Model S owner who wants them. So again, Michael, thank you so much for calling in with that. that is, so uh, bookmark that page on the Tesla site, and I guess if you're interested for your Model S, and keep checking back regularly, and hopefully soon will actually be soon. Next up is Dave, uh, who we've heard from before. He has a question about the in-car navigation system that I do believe we can help out with. Dave, go ahead. Uh, Ryan, hi, this is Dave. Uh, 
we have talked a couple of times about range issues, and I'm getting the 90 uh, battery versus 100. But I just sat down and I'm writing a question to Tesla, and I figured I should let you in on this as well. My question has to do with um, the uh, nav system and trip planner. Um, we've done extensive traveling in our Model S, and I'm looking forward to the same in our yet-to-arrive new Model S. Do I understand correctly that the trip planner helps manage how much charge you need to reach your next destination by including factors such as driving history, change in elevation, wind direction, etc.? I was at a meeting with uh, at one of the local Tesla stores, and they had a rep there, and this question got posed to him. This is quite a while ago, and uh, he seemed to make me feel as though yes, it did take those things into account. But my my question continues in that. Uh, the times that I've been told by the system that I have enough range, I'd arrive with basically no fudge room in my range. I'd be down under 10 left on my range, which is not a comfortable place to be. Um, so to me, it would be most helpful to be given the information of what the net change in elevation along with the distance to my destination by the trip planner, having done enough traveling that I get a good feel for what range I actually need to get from place to place, but that big factor of elevation change um, is quite noticeable, along with wind speed direction free and the uh, and the current weather patterns. So that's something you probably need to consult on your own, but my question to them was, does it check this in real time? Or am I up, you know, is it up to me to do that? So I'd be interested in hearing what you may know about this. And uh, enjoy listening to your podcast. Thanks. Bye. Well, Dave, the trip planner. Now, as all of you know, I am not yet a Tesla owner, but I am pretty confident in telling you that the trip planner does not factor weather and such as headwind and elevation into it. Because, and I say this because I was actually just talking about this recently with a Tesla owning friend of mine who just drove his family to Disneyland. And he had brought this up just on of his own accord. He had mentioned it. So, uh, and, and I feel like I've read this in threads on the Tesla Motors Club forums as well. So I uh, am very pretty confident that, that uh, the Incarnav doesn't take those key things into account. And you're right. I mean, it really should. And I have to imagine that those, those things are on Tesla's software roadmap especially with half a million or so new EV owners on the way uh, with, with the Model 3 reservations. Of course, not to mention the plenty more Model S and Model X owners that are continually being added to the world every single month. But, but let's not assume that Tesla has this on their roadmap. I would, I would suggest, I've, I've mentioned this, uh, this email address before, but... Uh, I would suggest go ahead and send in the suggestion. Add it to Tesla's feedback pile because even if it's already on their list, as I certainly hope it is, their their roadmap and their priority list, the more people that write in and say, hey, we need this, the more likely they are to move it up the priority list. So the email address, just drop them a, you know, a quick, polite email that says you'd love to see this in the car because... It's uh, it, you know, it just helps ease range anxiety and and makes for a better ownership experience. The email address is servicehelpna, which I presume stands for North America, 
All one word, servicehelpna at teslamotors.com. Next is Axel from Boston, who uh, wanted to bring up a recent article he read on a, on a business site that has some not-so-kind words about Tesla with regard to Model 3. Axel, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? This is Axel from Boston. I'm a fan of yours from IGN, but also here. Um, just calling because I was reading an article earlier this week. Uh, I believe it was Business Insider. And what they were talking about was that Tesla moving to the lower price point of the Model 3 was a bad business move because of the profit that could be made compared to a Model X or a Model S, where it's a much higher price point and more potential profits versus the Model 3. Um, so I was just curious about what your thoughts were on that. Um, I don't, I'm not quite sure. I don't have any information to really have an opinion on it, but I read that, thought of you, figured you just probably have more knowledge than I would. So keep up the good work, fan. Thank you. Well, Axel, in my humble opinion, as now granted, I am a self, self-admitted, self-professed Tesla fanboy. I do skew Tesla's direction on a lot of Tesla-related stories. I openly and freely admit that, but uh, I'm going to use a term I fortunately haven't had to use on the show in a while. I think this is pure FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. I hadn't even planned to bring this up uh, because I think it's pretty much nonsense, but uh, because you did, it is, it is worth addressing because, you know, you might read this and think, well, hey, what's this all about? Uh, Tesla haters and uh, shorts and people that, that have an interest, either a personal or professional interest in seeing Tesla fail and do poorly, those people, you know, the internet allows them to, to express themselves freely and openly. And uh, there are people that write for sites like Business Insider that are given a platform to, to write articles like this. Now, uh, speaking as someone who works in media, to be fair, uh, many media websites employ a sometimes large group of freelance staff to create content for them because uh, it, you know you, you might only have a, you might have a small internal, staff that can only generate so much content and you need to supplement that so you'll have a freelance budget and you'll commission articles or you just might need someone else's expertise anyway uh so here's the thing with this who are you going to trust the opinion of a guy who uh is quite possibly looking for clicks on the internet or are you going to believe elon musk who literally started tesla in order to be able to work up to the day Model 3 is released. Model 3 is the end goal of the entire company from a product perspective. Of course, the mission statement, accelerate the, trans, uh, the transition to sustainable transport. And Model 3 is, the, is, is that in product form. Not, you know, nothing against the S. And the, the S and the X have been steps to get to the 3. So uh, now to make it a less emotional argument... There's this. Yes, Model S and Model X drive higher profits per car than Model 3 will. But what the Business Insider article seems to conveniently forget about is that volume 
volume of Model 3 will more than make up for that. Uh, in my opinion, this is kind of a nonsense article. Uh, again, maybe this person could be a short. They, you know, who knows what their their motives are? But don't worry about it, uh, and move on. And yeah, it's we'll we'll all have Model Threes in our garages soon enough, and uh, we'll we'll see how the company's doing after Model Three comes out. Next up, Josh from Rally reacts to Elon's comment on the Model Three reveal part three timing and he's got a a thought about what tesla might be doing in the near future josh take it away hey ryan this is josh giving you a call from raleigh north carolina i just want to give you my reaction to something elon musk said on the quarterly earnings call last week regarding the final unveiling and if that is the same unveiling as the third unveiling elon musk alluded to a couple of months ago If you remember last April, Elon Musk made a comment about how the scarce interior of the Model 3 would make more sense once we got to unveil Part 2, which did happen, but it turned out it really wasn't a Model 3 unveiling. It was the Autopilot Hardware 2 unveiling, which is related to Model 3, but Model 3 really wasn't in the spotlight at that event. So I'm wondering if unveiling number three that Elon Musk alluded to a few months ago is going to be very similar to what we saw in unveiling part two. My guess would be that Tesla is going to hold an event in the next month or two on the Model S and X interior. This would be the event where they show off the rumored heads-up display that so many people think that Tesla is working on. It would make sense from what Elon Musk has said Uh, previously about the Model S and the Model X always being the most technologically advanced of the cars Tesla makes, and they will always receive features first before the Model 3. Anyways, would love to know your thoughts on that. Enjoy listening to the podcast, and thanks for taking my call. It could happen, Josh, because you're, you're absolutely right that Elon and Tesla have been clear that the S and X will always lead the way, technologically speaking. Now, prior to Elon's comments last week, when we thought that the reveal part three was going to be in March or April, which from Elon's comments previous to that, uh, I thought they would show the HUD there, if it indeed exists, and just say, oh, you can, and you can order this on the X or X right now, and it would deliver on the X on those two cars in, you know, April or May, and then they'd have a few months of sort of runtime and and uh, first mover status on SNX before it got to the three. But since it seems like we won't be getting any official presentations of the Model 3 anytime soon now, it is possible that your suspicion could become reality and that they'll do an event. But what I wonder is, what else would the event be? Like, I kind of doubt they'd hold an event just for a HUD, unless it was something so advanced and crazy and something we'd never seen before, which is possible. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't know. If, what about this? If, if an interior de- redesign was ready to go for the S and the HUD was a, a part of that, I could see that being something that they would hold a small event for and hey, you know, say, hey, come see, you know, we've, we've re- rethought the, the Model S and it's a whole, you know, whole, all new inside. Come check it out. But uh, still, Josh, I think your line of thinking is totally sound. Let's see what happens. 
in the next couple months. I want to go now to our old friend DJ from North Central Ohio. He also has HUD on the brain. Uh, so, And he actually, he thinks there is no going to be no HUD. So DJ, let's hear from you. Hey, Ryan, DJ from North Central Ohio here. I wanted to comment on the HUD situation where the folks were assuming that Elon saying there was only one screen absolutely meant that there was going to be a HUD in the car. I actually took that the opposite way because when he had just got done saying that they were making the Model 3 less complex than the Model S and the Model X, and considering that no other Tesla product has a HUD in it, to me, that smacks a lot of the whole Falcon Wing door situation where Tesla tried to put a feature on a car that they'd never done before and then paid for it. Nothing against the folks that want it. I'd actually love to have one, too, because I think it'd be pretty neat, but I'd rather have the car on time. So thanks a lot for what you do, Ryan. Take care. Sound thinking from you as well, DJ, as always. But let's go back to what Josh just reminded us of. Tesla could and almost certainly would roll out a HUD on the SNX first this spring slash summer. But you could very well end up being correct because Elon did say that they're making the Model 3 simpler and he specifically used the phrase fewer bells and whistles than the S and the X. So you might be right. It's uh, this The HUD issue continues to be one of, of great, I won't say great debate, but certainly great interest amongst uh, the entire Tesla community and certainly us Model 3 reservation holders particularly. Will it? Won't it? Are we just going to have the, the one big landscape uh, middle center screen or what? Uh, it is it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. Next up, another old friend, Lawton from Chicago, calls in and says uh, he thinks Tesla shouldn't reveal the Model Y this year. So uh, I am curious to hear Lawton's reasoning behind that because you know Elon has said that maybe the, the Model Y would be could be revealed this year. So Lawton, you're on the air. Hi Ryan, it's Lawton from Chicago. Wanted to comment on Tesla's approach with updating Model 3 reservation numbers and their timeline for announcing future models. I agree with Tesla not releasing Model 3 reservation numbers. They already have far more demand than supply. Assuming there are currently around 500,000 reservations, even if no new reservations were added and their optimistic production goals are met of about 100,000 vehicles in 2017 and 500,000 in 2018, it would be almost end of 2018 before they can fill current reservations. Once the Model 3 is released to rave reviews by the press and owners, News coverage and word of mouth alone will increase the demand for the Model 3 even further. If potential buyers feel the wait time is too long, Tesla may lose potential sales to other companies. Previously, Elon mentioned he hoped to preview the Model Y and Tesla van sometime in 2017. As much as I would love to learn about both models to potentially replace my family's minivan, I would first prefer they focus on perfecting the quality and quantity of Model 3 production. Releasing info on these new models too soon may make it easier for competitors to copy. A wiser strategy may be to wait until the factory machine is at version 1.0 in 2018 and producing vehicles fast enough to make estimated delivery times for new reservations to be less than 6 months. Then, they can make a splash by announcing strong Model 3 sales with ready availability with the additional one more thing buzz of releasing information on new models. That way, Tesla can build on the momentum of a successful Model 3 launch in the process securing the financial future of Tesla while at the same time making it harder for the competition to catch up. 
best wishes to MTB, and thanks again for all your hard work. Look forward to your thoughts. I agree with you completely, Lawton. I think Tesla has learned from showing their hand too early. Now, they almost had to reveal the Model 3 a year and a half advance because it had been talked about for years and years and years. It was a thing everybody knew was coming, and it represented such a big step forward for the company as far as achieving their goal of you know moving down market and scaling up their their production and just becoming a more a bigger more mature higher volume car company with model 3 model 3 does not carry any of those burdens now yes model 3 is planned to be a very high high volume car but it yeah it just it doesn't it carries none of those burdens that model 3 does so that means, in my opinion, Tesla can wait a lot longer to show it. And I think you're right that they shouldn't spread themselves too thin. Focus on building and delivering Model 3, work out any infrastructure kinks uh, with so many more deliveries to handle, and thus and there will be more service appointments, and then, then worry about the Model Y. So we'll see. Uh, time will tell, but I'm with you on this one, Lawton. Our final call this week comes from Brian in the Twin Cities who would like to pick up his Model 3 in Fremont in order to maybe get it a bit sooner. Brian, you're on the air. Hey Ryan, it's Brian again from the Twin Cities in Minnesota. I placed my Model 3 reservation in Florida around 11.30 a.m. East Coast time on March 31st. Like many people, I would like to take delivery of my car as soon as possible Wondering what you think of the option to pick up the car in California to speed up the process. Do you think that will be an option for Model 3? Would it save on delivery time versus Tesla shipping the car to Minnesota? Not being a Tesla employee, current Tesla owner, or California resident, where do you think I'm at in the queue? Look forward, as always, to hearing your thoughts. Brian, I have some unfortunate news for you, and that is that... uh opting for factory delivery isn't likely to help you. Now, of course, we still, we don't know any delivery specifics, so take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt, but the information we've been given so far is that they're going to start with West Coast deliveries, and uh, that's going to be for a good reason. Now, uh, as part of that, Tesla has seemed to indicate that they're going to go by they're going to they're going to prioritize your car based on where you live, not by where you pick it up, even if you want to pick it up in Fremont. Now, remember that if you did want to come out here to get it, I mean it's there is a awesome cool factor to coming and getting it at the factory. I mean that's I'm going to do that, but I I'm so very lucky to live about an less than an hour away from the factory, but you have to there is a literal penalty to pay by coming to get it here because uh, that's, that state law, that bill, failed. It, it, or it was rewritten and it just never went anywhere to negate the, the California sales tax. You, if you come and get it here, you would be responsible for paying California any California sales tax that's above and beyond whatever your Minnesota sales tax is. And then remember that Tesla is starting on the West Coast close to the factory because that's where the factory is and that's where the highest concentration of service centers is. So, you know, the early cars logically expect to have 
more problems than than uh, than any of the other cars as time goes on. So they're starting here. So I don't think again I can't say for sure because we just don't know the exact details of delivery. But it's it's likely that opting for factory delivery isn't going to help you get your car any sooner. Um, e- and even if it did, you would you need to remember that there there you would have to pay more to get it. Now maybe that that price is worth it to you to to get your car earlier and to turn it into an adventure where you're coming out to the factory, you're seeing the factory. Hopefully you'd be doing a factory tour and then having a road trip all the way home. That could totally be worth paying California sales tax for you, but. Just make sure you're informed, as hopefully you now are. Thanks to all of you for your fantastic calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. Please keep them coming. If you want to react to something that Tesla has done, something that I have said, uh, something that one of your fellow listeners has said in the Ride the Lightning hotline, give a call. It's a toll-free. You can leave a message anytime, day or night, and that phone number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. Or you can use your smartphone's voice memo recorder to record something and just email me that file as your call and you can email that to teslapodcast at gmail.com. Be right back to wrap things up for you. Say final few words right after this. All right. Uh, Friendly reminder that if you might be so inclined to support my efforts here as uh, as the podcast has evolved into a very busy part-time job for me, but if you get a lot of the show, you might want to consider supporting on Patreon. I'd love for you to take a look at the page at least and see see if anything there uh, might might be of interest to you. You can go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Podcast. Appreciate any and all consideration uh, for the work that does go into this every week. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan or email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter. He gives you an awesome email digest every Friday. You can sign up for that for free at teslaweekly.com. Abstractocean.com, again, uh, they... They're still rolling out their discount for listeners of this show. If you need to grab some Tesla accessories, either for your Tesla or for yourself, uh, because they sell stuff like lanyards and other neat neat things like that that uh, don't require you to own a Tesla, put everything in your cart that you want at abstractocean.com, and then at checkout, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST. That's all one word, RTLPODCAST, and that will get you 20% off of your order. So thank you to the folks at abstractocean.com for that. If you're in the market for a Tesla, help me uh, try and get one because the first to 20 referrals gets a car. Uh, we, we are started. We've got at least one, I was told by my friend Jeff, who has who's kindly donated his uh, code for this, this referral session or referral period, I guess would be the better way to put it. So get yourself $1,000 off of your Model S or Model X if you're purchasing one. Just use this short link and it'll take you to the design studio uh, with that $1,000 discount enabled. The link, just type in ts.la slash 
Jeff2311. That's J-E-F-F-2311. Uh, I want to thank the Patreon producers. These are the kind folks that support my efforts here on the podcast at the $20 or higher level each month. And those kind souls are Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, Z.L. Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, David Kittle, Lisa Kaz, Michael O'Prey, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, John E. Ford, Robert Maracle, and Kyle Stover. Most of you subscribe to the podcast because that way it's just downloaded automatically to you each week. You can subscribe on just about any of the major podcast services. That includes iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or pick up the RSS feed at the hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, Com. And I guess uh, if you get a chance, if you happen to be on iTunes or any of those other services, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review of the show, you don't have to actually write anything. You can just click the number of stars you like. That uh, That helps bump it up in iTunes rankings, and uh, it's, it's part of the whole iTunes algorithm to help the show get a little extra visibility. So if you find yourself on iTunes and feel so inclined, I would appreciate it, but no big deal either way. Uh, For a board and napping, Maggie the Boxer, my name is Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you all so much. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you all next week. Oh, and be sure to look out for the uh, March Patreon-exclusive bonus episode if you are a $10 or a higher Patreon uh, supporter. That will be posting, well, should be by the time you hear this. Uh, that will be up. So the, the once-a-month bonus episode with all of the extra outstanding uh, Ride the Lightning hotline calls that I get that I can't get to necessarily during the, the regular weekly show. So uh, thanks, everybody, and I will see you next week.